I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. We are going to look at the top NBA players of all time from a different perspective, though. We're going to look at really the top 25 players for, well, every position. Five players will be acknowledged as point guards, the best five point guards, from 1960 to 1990. And that is where their careers should have peaked. So some people could have started in 82 and went into 1993, 94, but their better years were in the 80s. And then we're going to do the top five shooting guards from that same period, 1960 to 1990. And then we're going to do the top five power forwards and the top five small forwards and the top five centers. After that, folks, we're going to take it from 1990 and take ourselves to the present. We're not quite to the present. We'll probably stop it around 2015 or so. We can talk about that later, Gary. And we'll look at the top NBA guards and from that same perspective each one of the positions from 1990 until probably 2015 or so so gary you ready to get started yes i am and this is more you know we're starting off with more of your era of basketball so yeah. this is going to be very interesting <laughs> to see also known as black and white basketball so we're going to have fun you know with this so uh <laughs> you know, who do you want to start? Do you want to start? Well, or? I'll start. I'm, I'm going to rank my five. So I'm going to start with my number five out of five of the top point guards from 1960 to 1990. And then the fifth spot, Gary, I'm going to start with this guy, even though I don't. But his numbers, his performance on the court would dictate him being one of the top five point guards from 1960 to 1990, and that is Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, Gary, he, uh, we had something in common, by the way. We were both recruited by Bobby Knight. I was recruited to uh, play for West Point, and he was recruited to play for Indiana. But when he played for Indiana, they won a national championship, and that was in 1981. Isaiah Thomas, he's a winner. The man won two NBA championships, MVP in the finals one year, no one will ever forget the game in which he literally scored about 25 points on one leg and led the, the Pistons to uh, to a championship. Twelve times he was an All-Star. Two times he was the MVP of the All-Star game. Three times he was All-NBA first team. Now, that number is going to be low because, quite frankly, everybody else on my list is far better than that as far as All-NBA team. Two times All-NBA second team, and he led the league in assists one year. As I said before, he was a champion in college as well, winning the NCAA championship in 1981. So Isaiah Thomas is a uh, player that's somewhat controversial. The battles that he had with Michael Jordan, the Olympic team episode of over the years, et cetera, in the 80s and 1976. A lot of things have gone on in his career that would uh, cause some people to either love him or hate him. And I'm, I'm not a fan of, of Isaiah Thomas. I think that what they did, the... Uh, Bad Boy Pistons during that period of time, to me, was uh, gave the NBA a black eye, into my estimation, when you go after people and try to hurt them. And 
That's what they did with Michael Jordan when Michael was young. No one did that when Michael matured. But when he was young, they 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 played certain tactics that were really not good basketball in my estimation. But you know, the record would show they won two championships. So you know, what what could I say? But the bottom line of it is. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, another one of those six-one guards who did excel. I'm not going to get into his coaching performance because that's a totally different story. Um, when he was coaching the Knicks, uh, that was pretty ugly. But the bottom line of it is, as an NBA player, I do rank him as one of the five best point guards in the NBA during that period of time of the 60s through the 90s. So I'm very disappointed uh, with your list already. We just started. <laughs> uh, well, first, let's say this about Isaiah Thomas and the Bad Boy Pistons because I think you brought up all the negatives what the Bad Boy Pistons did during that time with Michael Jordan. But honestly, Michael Jordan, you know, because of what happened to Michael during those years, it to me allowed the Chicago Bulls to you know to have a dynasty because they knew how hard they had to work to be better than the Bad Boy Pistons and you know and anybody else. And it also gave everyone on the team mental toughness, which is something that they needed to be able to win all these championships. So I think actually the Bad Boy Pistons did a lot of good for Michael Jordan, as well as some bad for the league, you know, in general. You know, Gary, I agree with you. Uh, the old adage of what does not kill you makes you stronger. And that that is so true. God never gives you more than you can handle. And bottom line of it is, you go through that fire, let <laughs> me tell you, you are super strong. And he did. I agree. I think the bad boy Pistons made Michael Jordan and made those Chicago Bulls a much better and much tougher team. And they went out after that and won three straight. <laughs> you know, So there's no question that um, the pain and the, and the challenge that they truly gave Michael was enough to, um, to make Michael work harder and make a Michael uh, and the entire Bull organization play harder and they came out as multiple champions let me get to my number five here and my number five as a nick fan everyone should know that i'm a nick fan and i'm going to go with probably the best nick of all time walt frazier mm. uh, walt frazier's a two-time champ seven-time all-star and seven-time all-defensive player he's probably out of all the players that we're going to mention the best defensive player out of all the point guards we're probably going to mention. You know, again, I'm one of those people that really cares about being a bus driver, not a bus rider. In all the NBA Finals, to me, Walt Frazier was probably the best player, you know, on the court. I think his leadership with the New York Knicks, the toughness that the Knicks had was all because of Walt Frazier. And the Knicks were, you know, during that time was very team-oriented, and that was also because Walt Frazier was a team player as well. Um, so... You know, I think as we keep going down this list, we'll see better players, you know, but Walt Frazier has something that no other player can really say that's going to be on this list. He has the only two championships for the New York Knicks. You know, Gary, no no argument there. In fact, I have uh, Walt Frazier at number four. I love the guy. He was just a f phenomenal basketball player. He played during the an era in which I was uh, in, in college and a little bit in high school as well. And I, I just admired Walt Frazier. He was, he was a player that really did what was necessary in a, in a basketball game. He did not care about you know, scoring 30 points a game like 
some of the other guards I'm going to mention, and we have shooting guards that we're going to talk about later in another show. He didn't worry about that. He he worried about taking that guy who was the best scoring guard for that other team and stopping him or making him work extra hard. And he was at the time the best defensive guard in basketball. And what he did so frequently, Gary, which was so clever, he was always able to, when guarding a guy, he would and his anticipation was out was great because he would move over when he thought the guy was going to cross over or when he thought the guy was going to reverse himself. And then he would wrap his arm around and just flick the ball. Just flick it. And then the guy would be so shocked that the ball was flicked away from him that he would almost freeze for a second. And then Fraser would be would make a dash toward the ball that he already flicked away. So he would have flicked it near half court and he would make a run for the ball, get the ball, and go in for a layup. Couldn't jump. In fact, I don't believe I've ever saw him dunk the ball, quite frankly, in all of his years in the NBA. Now, he may have done it in college. He, he, he once again was a champion. His college team won the NIT championship in 1967. He was MVP in that tournament. The guy was able to just anticipate the moves of his opponent. He was a smart basketball player. I'm so thrilled that the Nick organization still has him as part of their organization. I love that loyalty that they have for, for, for Walt Frazier because he was Nick basketball. And the Knicks, they had some great guys on that team. They had Jerry Lucas, who was thought of as being a, somewhat of a genius from an education perspective. IQ was off the charts. He had Bill Bradley, who was not only an outstanding college player in, at Princeton, but also was a Rhodes Scholar. You had Dave the Busher, who was not only a great basketball player and a tough guy, but he was also a pretty good baseball pitcher. He pitched for the Chicago White Sox during the summer. I mean, the team was just phenomenal. And how can you forget the center, Willis Reed, who was the glue, who was only 6'9", 6'10", guarding these guys who were seven feet tall. And then he had a shooting guard by the name of Dick Barnett, who all he wanted to do was shoot. So everyone knew that. <laughs> that was fine. But Barnett, you know, played in the um, NAIA League, which was back in the day, Gary's a black basketball division. And he averaged like 40-something points a game. So he was used to just shooting and shooting and shooting from Tennessee State University. And Walt Frazier complimented him very well, got him the ball. He just shared the ball with everyone. Bill Bradley was used to scoring 30 points a game when he was in college. He got the ball enough, but not too much because Walt Frazier was the quarterback. He was the epitome of a floor general. He made sure everyone got the ball enough and he distributed the ball properly. He was not like the guards you see today who are just looking to get to build up their assist totals. Walt Frazier was a guy who, if he had the ball and he saw someone who was open or had an angle, he'll pass it to that person. Not because the person could shoot a 20-foot jump shot, but because that per he knew that person was able to hit Willis Reed down low. He had a better angle at hitting Willis Reed. So he wouldn't get the assist, but he really got the assist because if the ball hadn't been moved to that side of the court, it would have never worked. And so that is why I, I think so highly of him. He wasn't one of those, I'm going to penetrate and kick off so I can get an assist. No, it wasn't like that. They ran plays. He moved the ball, and he made sure, being almost like the coach on the, on the court, that the player with the best opportunity to score got the ball. That is the way the Knicks played. It was not who was the open man. Who had the best shot? Who had the best shot? And that's what they did. And that is why they baffled so many teams. Because, you know, here you got Bill Bradley, a guy used to scoring 30 points a game. He played unselfish because why? The floor general was playing unselfish. 
Walt Frazier was that kind of a leader on the court. You know, all defensive team seven times first thing. I mean, it was he was an incredible player. First team All NBA four times, two times second team. And yes, Gary, the Knicks haven't been able to do that again. So haven't <laughs> won a championship since, and this year will not be an exception. So Walt Frazier, I think of them very highly, Gary, a little high, more highly than you would. I have the number four spot, but um, I'm interested in your number four. So, Gary, I'm interested in hearing your number four. Uh, I don't think you should be because I think I'm going to make you very upset. <laughs> oh no! With, with the with the next one, you made me upset with the Isaiah Thomas one, and I'm going to make you upset with this one. So, <laughs> I want to apologize in advance for all the older listeners out there because my number four is Bob Cousy. Oh, now oh, I okay. <laughs> I have a reason. Again, Bob Cousy. Obviously, he changed the point guard position. The point guard position, basically, he created the point guard position. So I understand how important he was and he is to the NBA now and, you know, back in uh, the 50s and 60s when he played. But the truth of the matter is, we all know that it was Bill Russell's team. Really, it was it was kind of the John Stockton to the Carl Malone aspect, and we'll talk about, obviously, those guys in another video. But, you know, he was a great player. He had 18 points a game. Average 7.5 assists a game. And we know during that era, assists were very hard to accumulate. So it probably was more than 7.5 assists per game. He was an MVP in 1957, you know, won six championships. Great player. But the truth of the matter is, to me, when we talk about these other guys on the list, he was not the guy that carried the Boston Celtics. Early in his career, he was. But I'm trying to focus more on from 1957 on, once he won his MVP, you know, all the way to the end of his career. And during those years, he may have been one of the faces of the Boston Celtics, but he was not the main guy on the Boston Celtics team, in my opinion. That Celtics team had had tons and tons of Hall of Famers on it. It's also hard to judge his greatness on that level as well because there's so many great players on that Boston Celtics team. And they probably have the best coach slash GM of all time and read all back as his coach. So it's kind of hard to rank Bob Cousy, but I think four is a good spot for him. Okay. Well, Gary, you're going to be surprised because I have him at number three. So we're just a little bit off here. So it should be interesting to see who you have as number three, two, one, because uh, we're close but not quite there. I, I, I agree with a lot of your points, Gary, and I have him at number three because during that era he did – dominate basketball you really did look forward to seeing the Celtics play yes because of Bill Russell but the bottom line of it is Russell couldn't throw the ball in the ocean and, and Bill Russell couldn't even dribble the ball from half court to I mean if you had a totally different era because back then centers weren't supposed to be dribbling the ball at the court when he dribbled the ball at the court everyone said oh, 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 oh. everyone got nervous and so different era Bill Russell was one of the greatest of all time without any question but was really focused on defense and sharing the ball and moving the ball around, basically, and, and leading the fast break with his tremendous leaping ability to get a lot of rebounds. But people went to the games because of Bob Cousy, because he was not only a great basketball player, but he was a great showman. And the first player again, that I saw go between his legs or, or behind the back now, granted, the Harlem Globetrotters, they had a player 
named, named Marcus Hayes who did it all the time. But in an NBA game was Bob Cousy. And even other players were kind of timid about doing that because they were like, but Bob Cousy just did it so fluently. And he, he handled the ball so well that you couldn't get too close to him because he would dribble by you. But keep in mind, it was a different era. You know, Bob Cousy shot 37% from the field. That's terrible. By our, you know, if you shot 37% today as a person in the backcourt, you probably wouldn't be playing much longer in the NBA. He shot about 80% from the free throw line, which back then was outstanding. That was like 95% to today's standards. So things did, you know, things are different. But let me tell you, his 7.5 career assist average, it was far higher than that to me because, once again, today you get assists for, well, all they do is dribble in and pick the ball, and throw the ball back out again. So it's a lot different today than it was back then. But one year, Bob Cousy in 1960, Gary, averaged almost 10 assists a game while scoring almost 20 points a game. And that, you know, that year, I mean, that, even today, that Russell Russell type of year right there, he also got about five, five rebounds a game. You know, he had some years which were very, very outstanding, even if you, you measure them by today's standards. He averaged 20 points a game the year before that, 58, 59, getting almost nine assists a game. So he was very special. And, and to me, there was a time in which he, one would, would have him even higher than three and for this, this era because he, he was that great of a player. And he was a true point guard. He did not look to shoot first. He, he always looked to pass first. And, yeah, yes, his six NBA championships, you got to credit that to, yes, Bill Russell to a certain degree. But they did have an outstanding team. They, they truly had some great players who are role players. Maybe not all of them are sitting in the Hall of Fame today, but they were outstanding. Tommy Heinsohn would be one that is. Outstanding players. And, and they, they had a style of play that fit Bob Cousy. And that style of play was running the ball, running, moving the ball, passing the ball. And he liked my – other individuals that I mentioned already was a college a collegiate champion. His his college team, Holy Cross, went on to uh, win the NCAA championship when he was in college. I do have a little closeness with Bob Cousy because in some of my better games in college, it was against Holy Cross, and he was the uh, announcer for the Holy Cross basketball games. And I had a chance one day to walk off the court with him, and he you know commended me for having played so well, and I. I'm not sure if I did say that, but I, I believe I may have that the reason why I wear number 14, and that's why I was my number, was because of him and also another guy by the name of, that we'll talk about later. But Bob Cousy actually wore number 14 first. Special player, eight times he led the league in assists. As I said before, 10 times all NBA first team, two times second team. It's hard to match those kind of numbers, 13-time All-Star and the MVP. And so a lot of the players... Even today, would be be hard pressed to uh, to match those numbers, Gary. So I do have a number three, and I'm now really curious, really curious about who your number three guy is. Well, my number three guy was your number five guy, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, and I believe Overrated. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I think he gets a bad rap, and it's okay. And you know, Isaiah Thomas is one of the very, very a few point guards that's going to be on our list because this, well, I hope this person is on our list later on, that he's not the best point guard of the era. And that's probably something that, that hurts his resume. But he's ninth all-time in assists. 
which is something that is, you know that's extremely impressive, especially when you look at the teams that Isaiah Thomas had. Now, now in Detroit early on, they were actually scoring about 120, 130 points a game. But when they were winning championships, they didn't score as many points. You know, they had a lot of guys that just focused on just, you know, playing defense or if you called it earlier, you know, just hitting guys. I'm going to call it playing great defense. But we already kind of spoke about them a lot already. But, you know, winning those two championships and actually being the only small guard along with Steph Curry to win a championship is very impressive. No, I, I like him as a basketball player, Gary. As I said before, I don't like him as an individual or as a uh, as a basketball player. I guess, <laughs> but his stats and his achievements—they're outstanding. You, so you have to recognize that. I would not have him as number three. I think our number two and one are going to be the same, however. But you know, he he did some great things on the court. A tough player and an individual who. Uh, knew how to win. He really did. And that's from his collegiate days. Probably one of the few players that I could say really was able to work with Bobby Knight. I mean, <laughs> so, which which is, uh, you know, you can get an award for that alone. But Isaiah Thomas at number three on your list, we have one thing is for sure, we both see him as one of the top five. But I just would not rate him as highly. I think this is going to be something that's very interesting about this whole, the whole list. And this is why uh, it's important to mention that Isaiah Thomas is probably the only player that's not going to be the probably is not the best player in his own era because how many first teams Isaiah Thomas would have made if someone else wasn't around? <laughs> so that's what you have to also look at is that these other guys, they were the best players in their eras, and that's why they made so many first teams. Excellent. How many first teams Isaiah Thomas would have actually, you know, would have made if a certain individual was not there? Your, your point's very well taken, Gary. Your point is very, very well taken. But that is also one of the reasons why you know, certain people will never become MVPs during the during the 60s and 70s because there was a couple of guys by the name of uh, – one guy by the name of Bill Russell and another guy by the name of Chamberlain, three guys, and another guy by the name of Kareem abdul I mean, it was impossible to get an MVP award when Willis Reed picked, picked up one or so if you were – if you weren't 6'10", you know, so it's like, yeah, well, that was Kareem just the way it was. Kareem didn't win an MVP in the 60s there. No, I meant the 70s. Yeah, in 70s. Yeah, correct. Yeah, in the 70s. So the point that I'm making is that, you know, the big guys kind of dominated it, and it was uh, very unfortunate because there were a lot of great guards out there who, you know, just didn't get that recognition. So your point's well taken. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.